It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do, what it do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning to the Up and Up podcast on the Up and Up Network. I'm your host, Rabino. And I'm DJ Erm, man. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing, boss? You good? Good, yeah. Kind of sad. Why? I don't know. I just don't like that. That's just, like yeah, that. it just lets us know, yeah, man. Summer's over? It's cool. Yeah. So, is summer over? No, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're so, not giving yeah. up? I don't know, man. At this point, <laughs> I really don't know. All right, man. Well, we never give up over here, bro. You know that. We never give up. Yes, sir. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in, as I stated, this is the Up and Up podcast. Um, it's the podcast where we're focused on cultivating culture, right? We do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, right? Mm-hmm. Hustlers, shakers, movers, pioneers. All that. Right? I, you know I can keep going. I'm yeah. Gonna, you want me yeah. to stop? All right. Yeah. I'll nah, stop. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All that, man. But mo- ultimately, people who are out here carving lanes and, and paving the way for those coming from behind as well as those um, here right now, right? And um, obviously, we want to shout out the family members, right? Again, the supporters, the listeners, the viewers, anybody mm-hmm. who's been paying attention to the movement, tapping in and, and giving us any sort of positive energy. We we salute you and we appreciate you, right? Yes, sir. Um, do you have any announcements? Anything you wanna up and up clothing. Okay. Go get a t shirt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Short and sweet, right? We yeah, yeah. We got some more stuff coming, but for right now, you know. Yeah. T shirts with up and up clothing.com. Check yeah. us out, man. Um, okay, cool. Well now if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. Welcome to the family. Um and if not uh, if, this, if you're a regular family member, you already know how we get down. We always make sure to bring a guest and a story who can um, really just inspire us, right? Mm-hmm. Uplift us and really embody what it means to be on the up and up, right? Yeah. Um, and I would say today's guest is a woman uh, whose work and contributions is nothing short of impactful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone who's, I would say, is taking up space but using it for good, right? Um, you know, taking up space is a big thing out yeah, here, you know, but yeah, you got to yeah. make sure you're utilizing it, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, she's definitely a true culture cultivator who's keeping everything she's doing on the up and up. Um, a little bit about the work she's doing and, and will continue to be doing. She's a senior product manager at Amazon, um, also former president of the Black Employee Network, also known as Ben at Amazon, um, educator, entrepreneur, leader. Um, black girl magic all embodied into one right that's the best best way to put it right um and and more importantly man what's dope about the work she does um through her work she's been able to pioneer uh the way for others to learn about how to create you know like more diverse and inclusive um environments and work and resources for employees not only the ones at her company but others who who want to reach out and learn and yeah we're gonna get into all that i'm excited we're excited our guests so let's just get straight to it our guest is none other than the amazing angelina howard can we get a round of applause How you doing? How you doing? Well, thank you so much for that introduction. Oh. I feel so loved and welcomed. Yes. So thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for pulling up, man. You. I, you know, I always say um, every good album has a has a good intro. So, you know. You know what? That is true. Right? I never thought about that, but yeah. that's facts. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're gonna make a good album with this conversation. <laughs> Come on, sir. Um, but yeah, how you doing? You good? Feeling good? I'm good. You know, the, the day started off sunny, so I, I feel the same way. It's it's raining, yeah. but, you know, the sun's going to come out by the time we leave. Let's mm. just speak that into existence. Mm. Or it could be snowing. 
Hey, okay, don't say no, that. I'm, playing, I'm, playing, I'm, playing. <laughs> I'm like trying to be positive. You like oh, or know, snow? Bro. I was playing. I was... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, get the pessimism out of here, all right, man. All right. Don't mind me, man. Don't mind me. <laughs> nah, man, we appreciate you coming through always. Um, and if you're familiar with the show, you know we always start the show with a quote of the day, mm-hmm. something to get the vibe right, get the conversation started, and um, you know, brother, man over here, Erm is the man of the quotes. Yes, what you got sir. for us today, bro? Man, I got I got to shout you out though because this was inspired by you. So the quote of the Ooh. day is yesterday's price ain't today's price. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Who's that going by? <laughs> you tell me. Fat Joe, man. <laughs> price going up. Price going, price going up. up. <laughs> you know? No, nah, that's a real one. Can you run that back for the yeah, people? I'll, I don't I'll think they heard you, bro. Me. I don't think they understand what you just said, man. Yeah. Make it clear for All me. All right. Yesterday's price ain't today's price. Mm. Fat Joe. That's a real quote. That's real. It's short and sweet, mm-hmm. but it, it does kind of go into... What I like, I was talking about in the intro, right? Taking up space and knowing your worth and that type of thing. You got to know your price, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. I uh, think when I hear that quote, it makes me think about you know every day we get better. So like what I was yesterday, I'm so much better tomorrow. So like the price is going up every day. Mm, so I'm exactly. like, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Thank you. Robert. Shout out Fat Joe, Thank man. You, no, I can't take Thank credit you, for that. Shout out Fat <laughs> Joe, man. Shout out Fat <laughs> Joe, man. <laughs> um, now, Angelina, uh, before we kind of get into, obviously, we like to get into people's stories and, and their journeys. Um, but before we do that, um, for the work you do and, 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 you know, kind of like what, you know, everybody, quote unquote, has a job. But it's like sometimes there's more to it that fuels you and motivates you to, to do the work you do. Um, where can you say, like, your inspiration comes from when it comes to really trying to essentially take up that space, but make it very useful. I think the passion for me comes from just growing up and not seeing anyone that looks like me do that. Mm-hmm. And so to just take a step back and realize how blessed and privileged I am to be in my space, like how can I really just really take up space to your point and yeah. make sure that I don't let any of that go to waste. Mm. And so I think about the people before me who have helped me get here and how can I continue to make sure that that circle, that table gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. How can I make sure I provide the tools for people to be able to build their own tables? Gotcha. And so I would say that's the passion for me is that I didn't see someone else doing it or I seen people doing it. I'm like, how can I do that better so mm. that the people behind me can also do it better? Yeah. I would say it's the biggest motivating factor for me. No, that's real. That's real. That's dope. Um, all right, take it back though. Um, so, where did you grow up? Um, what was like your upbringing like? Yeah, um, so I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. um, and then I moved to Denver, Colorado, with my mom. I want to say when I was like eight or nine. Okay. Um, and I would say I grew up in a pretty much uh, middle class family, mm-hmm. but what really shifted my my life. Naturally, don't talk about this often. Is that my mom got breast cancer and I was in middle school, mm-hmm. and so I went from you know having everything I wanted you know any new toy that came out I had that and then now seeing my mom you know sick and realizing that you know finances are different but my mom never showed that to me and so Mm. it really took a moment for me to realize what I can do when I got into high school so I actually started working and so I started working my first job was at McDonald's and I remember my mom was like you don't have to work but I knew that she was doing everything that she could so that my lifestyle didn't change Mm. and I would say that's when I feel like I really started to grow up and so I would say my upbringing was very much so I'm gonna make sure you have everything that you need and almost everything that you want Mm. to me making sure that Mm -hmm. I can get the things that I want, so I don't put that onto my mom. And so um, I was always told, you know, education is the number one thing that you need to do. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was the first person to go to college um, in my family, a first-generation student. Um, and so I went to Colorado State University. Hey, and shout out, shout out to you. No, go Rams. Okay. <laughs> and so I think that also kind of motivated me to just, you know, how do I take care of myself and take care of my family and not be dependent on anyone? Yeah. Um, yeah so I think sure. that was kind of a big part of my upbringing is that, you know, grew up in a middle-class family, um, health issues which you don't talk about a lot yeah. definitely impacted and shaped you know how i start to navigate the world yeah um and then you know i graduated from Colorado state and then i moved to seattle and yeah. i've been here hey. ever since I, I think um and it's interesting too because i feel like when you reflect on kind of like your upbringing like in the moment sometimes things can be like oh man like why me or why is this happening to me um did you did I you ever wondered that yeah right did you did you get a sense of like understanding like yo this is making me better this is like helping me um, or this is kind of this is challenging me to want to do better and and kind of excel and challenge myself at the, at that time. You know, honestly, no. And I, I think there's something that I realized about myself is that I don't really I'm not someone who like sits in the moment and is really reflective. So I feel mm. like when I was found out that my mom was sick, I didn't cry in front of her. I was like, oh my gosh, my mom is sad, and she's the, what can I do? So now I have to be strong. And yeah. so I feel like mm. I was just kind of. You know, when things happen around me, my first thought is, how do I fix it? Mm -hmm. How do I resolve it? So I don't think about, like, why me? It's just like, all right, cool. So what we got to do? We got to make a shake. And so, you know, all right, my mom is sad. How can I just love her? How can I hug on her? Make sure that she knows she's beautiful. Okay, now I'm seeing that she's working even harder. Well, how can I go get a job? So I never thought about, you know, me. And I think that's the same way that I am today. I think I'm starting to start to be a little bit more um, introspective. But I've always been, hey, here's a problem. This is happening around me. How do, how do I fix it? And you were doing yeah. it already, right? It just in a different form. And it, it just manifests itself to what you're kind of currently doing now. So I think that we talked about that in the last episode, how sometimes we can draw connections to who we were when we were younger, to what yeah. we're doing now, and everything kind of makes sense, full circle type of thing. So that's dope, man. That's dope. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So what were, like, some of your, I guess, early influences, interests, you know, like growing up, like hobbies or whatever it was? <laughs> Yeah, you know that thing called MySpace? Oh, yeah, man. Shout out MySpace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember when MySpace first came out, I would be in the basement. We had a computer, and I would just be down there making all of my friends' profiles. And oh, so wow. I just started learning HTML on my own because, you know, I'm like, I want to figure out how to have the coolest MySpace page. Or I would get the new song, and I'm like, I want to hide it on my page so no one else can get my Come song. On, <laughs> what so- a time. What a time to put <laughs> What a time, for real. Yes, I would say, you know, those are like my, my early hobbies um, when I was younger. It's just really just... And I didn't even know if that was considered coding back then. Had I known, I would probably be an engineer. Mm, but I'm yeah. like, you know, just really teasing things apart, being deep into Photoshop. Um, I would say those are like my, my early kind of hobbies growing up. It's just that. And I love history. I still love history to this day. Uh, earlier today, I was watching a World War II documentary. Is that nerdy? History is history. You got to learn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. History, man. I mean, a lot of history shapes where we are today, so Not that's facts. what really sparked it. I actually was texting, I know you guys know Makita, but I asked her, I was like, why are people so rough on Russia? She was like, bro, what do you mean? I was like, let <laughs> me go start looking up some documentaries on the czars, and maybe I'll help understand, you know, yeah. why we are the way that we are today. That's no, crazy. There's a lot that we don't know, you know, and I think um, the person, what is it? The person who knows that they know nothing knows more than the person who thinks they know everything. So, yeah, wow. keep learning, keep growing. Erica Badu said that one, too. There, I said a quote. There, <laughs> <laughs> finally got my quote, man. Um, so now you you touched on Colorado State, correct? Mm-hmm. And um, going to college is a big deal, right? Like you said, you were the first in your family. Um, when you got to Colorado State and you started kind of finding your way, as most college students do, whether it's the first couple of years, um, 
did you did did you feel something clicking you where you were like, yo, okay, I I got a path that I got to carve. I got I, I gotta I gotta create a lane for myself, which most co- college students want to. But th- was there something for you that kind of helped you carve that out? Um, I would say it's probably my. I had an internship. So in college, I actually changed my concentration like four or five times. Mm. Um, so I started off wanting uh, to major in computer information systems, CIS. Mm. Um, I took the first class and was like, wow, hated it. Um, and then I decided to do finance, then finance and marketing, realized that I didn't really like marketing. Mm. And so then I just said I'll stick with corporate finance. Um, but then college, I knew that was important to get involved. And I think that's also, you know, thinking back. How, the person I am today. Yeah, so yeah. I just wanted to just be on campus and doing things and be, you know, in the mix of stuff. So I was a part of our Black Student Alliance. Um, I was student alumni associate. I worked in the College of Business. Oh, active, active. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I was literally, I was a... Yeah. I worked in the career management center. I worked in the supply chain management department. I was a president of the supply chain oh, management yeah. club. And so to me, I think that was kind of what started grounding me, realizing that I really like to be involved. And so I had an internship, um, and that's when I fell in love with supply chain. And that was my internship, I think my junior or sophomore year. Okay. And I think that's when I really started to really get even more involved and figure out that was the path that I wanted to take, at least in college, was that I want to be in supply chain and realizing that there's, I was like the only black person in supply chain, which made me even feel more motivated to be better. Mm-hmm. I think it's that constant feeling that, okay, I'm the only one, but how can I make sure that people can see what can be done? How can yeah. I lead by example? Yeah, and I would say sure. that's what really started to make me kind of blaze that trail within uh, college was, all right, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person here, but like, there has to be more of us. Yeah. Um, and that's, just being that, on that's dance aware, That's campus. awareness though. That's real awareness. Like to say, yo, I'm the only one here, but we, we need to see more of us. Sometimes like it can be overwhelming for someone who's in those type of environments, right? Where they're like, damn, like why, why am I the only one instead of flipping it into a positive? So that's important for mm-hmm. people listening out there like to know, like, you know, the imposter syndrome is really big. So that, yeah. that topic and that narrative is really big, but you, you know, perspective is everything too. Yeah. Right? And even bringing up how like you change your concentration five times, you know, like, we go into college thinking like we're supposed to have it figured out, plan or whatever, but it kind of doesn't go like that all the time. So I think that's important too. That yeah, you brought that up. for sure. Yeah, I think when I first started starting, I wanted to do CIS because I saw what those salaries looked like. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that sounds great. Yeah, right. But I started to realize, you know, you can't work somewhere every single day and not be happy. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, I'll do finance. I'm like, I'll do investment finance because, you know, they get the nice offices, work on Wall Street. And so I was like, you know, I don't think that's your personality. You're too nice. And I'm like, oh, are they mean? <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't want to do that either. And so I started to really value, you know, what my, my life will be. So like, I want to make sure that I enjoy the work that I'm doing and also get Get paid well mm-hmm. and so taking the different classes is like okay this marketing class feels more like sales and i don't like sales so i'm not going to do that either mm. and so it's really figuring out okay corporate finance i like numbers this seems like it'll be you know a good thing and then once i actually switched to corporate uh sorry to supply chain management my second semester of my junior year yeah and whoo, my senior year, which is like packing in all those classes, but yeah. I didn't care because I actually enjoyed it. You're it didn't feel it. like coursework. It's for the first time in school that I actually enjoyed going to class and yeah. enjoyed my projects. Yeah, no, that's yeah. real. And that, that's a big thing, too. I think for people, it's like, like I always say, like, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. But 
I had to learn about what I didn't want to do, right? So you got to know what you don't want too sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you establish that through trial and error. Sometimes people think you're going to get it on the first mark or the first try. It's like, I think some people realistic. also get stuck in feeling like, okay, I've been doing this for so long. And if I switch, now I got to start all over. Yep. And I think we let time, especially age too, tell us what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. So we get afraid to switch career paths or do something different. But like I said, we spend too much time, especially when it comes to like working our professions to not enjoy it. Yeah, you so if you need to pivot, go ahead and pivot. Yeah, for real. It's like, man, like you said, we're getting better. It's about getting mm-hmm. better. I don't mm-hmm. I, 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 I kind of like try to eliminate certain language from just my daily conversation. So like getting older is something I don't like to say. We're getting Get wiser. We're getting better. There the price go. is going yeah. up. I'm going to start saying every morning I wake up like, wow, the price just went up. Yes. <laughs> it's not yesterday's price for sure. <laughs> um, so, okay. So now that transition into obviously graduating and then going into the working world, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you initially got into Amazon out of college, correct? Mm-hmm. And so when it came to like the, the, the product management space, um, you know, usually people get into their first job and, and they may not enjoy it, right? You already kind of enjoyed it prior to getting into it. But what kind of kept you engaged and, like, really um, inspired you to want to keep growing and excelling? Aside from, you know, ma- like, you know, obviously you want to get paid more, but was there <laughs> something else that, like, kind of made you say, yo, I, I got I to gotta go hard at this. I got I to gotta be the best at this. Yeah, you know, it's actually an interesting fact is that a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you got into big tech, you know, on the first try. And I didn't even consider Amazon a tech company. So I was like, how did you get into tech? I was like, you know, honestly, I thought I was working for a supply chain company. (laughs) (laughs) I almost didn't come to Amazon, actually. I was like, I'm going to work for GE in Denver. And my (laughs) professor was like, no, no, you're not. No, don't do that. Um, But really, you know, getting to Amazon and realizing like, oh, this is actually a pretty like unique and rare experience. It's like, okay, well, it goes back to again. Okay, how can I do this and make sure that I do a really great job at it? Um, I remember, you know, going for for days, not seeing especially a black woman (laughs) um, at Amazon. So that definitely motivated me. There are times where I definitely felt like I didn't belong there. Um, Mm. People in my cohort, a lot of them went to Ivy Leagues. You know, everyone's going around the table like, oh, yeah, I went to Harvard. I went to Yale. I went to Boston College. And I'm like, woo, go Colorado State. (laughs) (laughs) Land Grant. (laughs) You got to rep that. Yeah. I I also flipped and was like, wow, I don't you know, I'm not in debt like you are, so it's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, and we made it to the same place, so yeah. it's okay. That's a message right there. You yeah. know, I'm like, you know, you went to that school and I went to this school and here we are at the same table. And I know that we all got offered the same amount of money yeah. and it's all good. Yeah. And so having those moments where you kind of find, you know, the silver lining and things was really important uh, once I first got there. Mm-hmm. But what really helped motivate me was Ben, honestly, mm. uh, the Black Employee Network. Uh, when I moved to Seattle, I didn't know anybody. Uh, and so, and it was actually, I think that year, it was the same year that Mike Brown was killed. Mm. And so imagine being in the city, you know, mm. you don't see a lot of black people unless you know black people. Yeah. Now you're in this community and having to, you know, call my family and friends and talk about it. But I was, I was alone. Yeah. And so I remember eventually meeting Ravina Broomfield or Ravina Valashia because she got married last year. And she was the president of Ben, and she really helped bring me into the fold. And actually, that's okay. how I met Anthony Kerr and everyone. Okay. And so once I had Ben, that made me feel like I actually had a family, people who are going through the same things as me. Yeah. So once I had that community, then it was like, all right, let's go from a professional standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'm enjoying this work. You know, again, making sure you move and you're not enjoying the work that you're doing. But 
I was having fun. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's understanding all the different opportunities that Amazon and taking mm-hmm. advantage of them. And so I came in as a brand specialist um, and then I moved into an in-stock manager role and I got promoted. Um, and then I wanted to be a PM, did not know what a PM was. My manager was like, cool, what kind of PM? And I was like, aren't they all the same? <laughs> and he's like, you want to be a program manager, product manager, yeah. project manager. And I was like, I don't know. All I know is that everyone says the PM is a new sexy role. So I want to go do whichever <laughs> one is that new sexy role. I'm ready for it. Let's go. Yeah. And yeah. so I just continue to explore different things and that's what's kept me motivated. I love it. I love yeah. It. So, um, like you said, like PM, that's like means product management, program management, whatever. So what's product management exactly for the people that don't really know? So product management is the real PM. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that out there. Yeah. Everyone else, every auto program manager <laughs> yeah. is going to be in my inbox. Yeah, like, first of all, product management is really is and people have their different uh, definitions of it, but I consider it kind of being in the intersection of business and also tech. Mm -hmm. But overall, you are the voice of the customer. And so you're taking whatever your customer is, whether you're working on internal projects Mm -hmm. or external projects. In my case, when I first started, I worked on our consumer website. So understanding what is the customer problem when you're searching for a video game and how can I make that better? So now I'm working with our UX team, figuring out, you know, what are the things that customers are looking for? Um, And then now that I understand what the customer problem is, how can I tie that to the business? Okay, how can I solve their problem while also making sure we're generating revenue? Mm -hmm. While also making sure the engineers, one, can do it, what Mm -hmm. we want to do, but also will they enjoy it? And I Mm -hmm. think that's one thing that I enjoy about being a product manager is that I like partnering with my engineers versus being like, here's my new requirements, go do it. it, It's like, hey, you know, what is something that you need for your development? Or you want to work on more front end stuff? Or here's this project for that. Or you want to mm-hmm. work on more back end things? I have something for you for, to do that too. Mm. And so I would say a product manager is really just, you know, taking that holistic view yeah. of a customer problem and then kind of figuring out how do you touch on all these things. Uh, there's definitely aspects of it that's project management esque, where you kind of have to manage different things. If you're lucky, you get a project manager or TPM on your team, so you don't have to do it. Hey, um, hey. But I would say that's kind of how I view the, the a, pro, a product manager is really, you know, being intersection of tech and business, but making sure that number one is your customer, you're being the voice of them for mm. them. I love it, so. and it's like like you said, I think that's important. Uh, I don't want to overlook that where you're talking about partnering with uh, the people you work with or, you know, um, collaborating, right? Those, mm-hmm. those things are important instead of kind of just delegating stuff. I'm like, oh, go do this, go do that. I need this done. I need this done. And I think that sometimes people may come into a position of power and they don't understand the role in which they're in fully. Right? Mm-hmm. They know the job, they know the task, they know what they need to do. But working with people is a whole nother thing, right? So I think that's something that you, you definitely showed there. It's like, I know how to work with people. I know how to understand people. Is that important for that role? I mean, for most roles, it probably is, but... I mean, I think it is because that's how you develop trust with the people that you're working with. Mm-hmm. But I know I want people around me to care about me personally, but also professionally. Mm-hmm. So if you're just asking me to work on stuff that's not going to be helpful for my career, it's yeah. like I can do it. But like you are just looking out for yourself yeah. versus like, how can I make sure that we're all you know striving towards the same thing? So like, mm-hmm. I know if you're working on a promo and maybe the reason why you didn't promote it last time is because you didn't work on something that wasn't super technical. I'm like, well... I need to work on technical stuff too. So, you know, let's figure out what we can do that's going to deliver for our customers, but also help you professionally and help me. And I think that's in my product role, but also within Ben. Okay. You want to come out and be a part of the board? What is something that you're good at? What's the area that you want to improve on? Okay. Let's make sure that I'm helping you build on that. Mm. And I think that's important just in general. Just how can we help each other versus being like, look, I need this. So you need to go do this for me. And Mm -hmm. if you do that for me, maybe 
this will open I up. got you yeah, next yeah, time, yeah, and yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Leading leading amongst the people and not in front of the people, right? I yeah. like that. I like that. Um, now, as far as product management, like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, honestly, like, I don't really know much about it. I try to study a little bit for this interview, but um, obviously when it comes to roadmapping for products and, and whatnot, for you, like, what would you say is like, is it more about researching data or is it more about kind of like real life customer feedback? Like, how do you balance that as far as what decisions to make? I think it's a combination of both. Okay. Um, for me in my previous role, um, it was really first starting with the customer. So getting that real tangible um, feedback. And then from there, how do you leverage that and then tie it to data? So like, okay, customers say that they don't like, uh, they want to see video on the page, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what type of video do customers typically do? Those are things that customers be like, listen, if you say, oh, do you want to see Twitch? They're like, sure. You want to see YouTube? Sure. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, well, what do they actually in interact with more? Mm -hmm. So then there's that uh, research piece. How long do people actually spend, how much time they spend so getting that type of data? Uh, what is our current demographics and where do we feel like there's gaps in that? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that also helps help me inform the type of people that we're interviewing too mm. so now it's like hey like who do we interview and they're like oh we just interviewed five people i'm like okay well what ages were they were yeah. where, what genders were they what um what do they identify as mm. what regions are they from and mm. they're just like we just asked for five people and i'm like <laughs> we just need the numbers okay <laughs> yeah. that, so then this also helps you as a product manager again it's like your responsibility to make sure that you're doing the best things for all of your customers mm -hmm. if they're not all represented what can you do and so I would say it's a combination of that real world uh, uh, data, but also getting that more tangible qualitative data too. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I asked that because I, I kind of like, I kind of compare it to like the music industry where now everything's very data driven with the streaming mm -hmm. services and stuff. Like they're signing people based on what the numbers say, but the streets ain't listening to it or, exactly. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to just have that balance, but that's good. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, I think a lot of people start rolling out projects because they're like, oh, this is what I think is going to generate a lot of money. And people are like, I don't even know y'all launched that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I could care less. And yeah. it's like, okay, maybe you should talk to them and then, you know, use data to help make your case stronger and help redefine what that um, what that feature looks like. I got you. That's good. Yeah, that's dope. That's good. Free game out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's say I wanted to be a product manager. And I was like, hey, what are the first steps that I need to do to become one or trend towards that way? What would you tell me? Ooh, uh, I think it depends on your, your background and kind of where you're where coming from. So I would say, what I tell a lot of people who say they want to go into product management, I have a blog on this on my website, uh, is that people can, I think it's look at so many different product roles that you, that you see that you're interested in and look at the qualifications. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't go directly into a product management role. What I did was I found one that used, utilized some of my previous um, experience that I had. So uh, I had, when people do go-to-market strategy, it's a big part of product management, mm -hmm. uh, cross-team collaboration. And so I basically would say, look at those roles and see what you have done in different, you know, roles or experiences and really tie those things together. Yeah. And if there's major gaps, you know, figure out how you can take some of those projects on your in your current role or how can you find a different role in the time being to kind of fill some of those gaps and mm -hmm. kind of go from there. It's really how do you sell yourself and getting that experience. Um, you can also go to different um like product school has a lot of different resources. Uh, University of Washington now has a product management center that has a lot of That's great cool. resources. Mm. So I would say utilize a lot of the free resources or enroll in some of those certification classes, but also really just start looking at different um, job descriptions and figure out where those gaps are and not that's what I did. I was like, listen, I haven't had a product manager role title, mm -hmm. but I've done all the things that you have listed here. I just need the title. Mm. 
And that's how I got my first product management role. Dope. Pick it up, man. Pick up the gems. (laughs) That's real. Um, And then I also was curious. So you you focus on um, creating more inclusive products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like what does that necessarily mean? Cause is that like inclusive, like for the consumer, making sure the consumers are like who aren't being, I guess, like you said, uh, considered are being considered. Yeah. Is that what that means? Or is it told, my, my way off? No, that's one, that's one of the aspects okay. that I think about when I think about building inclusive products. I think it's twofold. I think it's one, when you're building a feature, how can, does, how does it impact um, diverse communities? And so uh, one example that I worked on was launching Twitch Live on our detail pages. I was very, very like adamant that it needs to have closed captions. Mm. And so one of the things that I picked up on during COVID was that, you know, we're all on Zoom or Amazon Chime. And a lot of those services didn't have closed captions. So now people are now being forced to be on these video calls and they can't interact with these things as as easily. Mm. And so then as a product manager, I'm like, well, who would push this product out if everyone can't use it? Yeah. And so it started making me think about how can I make sure that as a product manager, I'm not pushing things out that it's exclusory to people. Mm. It, how can I also, again, leverage, you know, the spaces that I'm in to encourage everyone else to start asking that question when you're building out requirements is that when you push this out, is this going to disenfranchise anyone? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one way that you can think about inclusive Got products. It. But then the second one is what you talked about is how can you build products that are for someone exactly? Gotcha. And by me building something for this particular group does not mean that I don't care about you. Yeah. It means that I'm building something for them and I'm celebrating them. That's great. Um, and I think I see you and I know that you have a unique need mm. and I'm going to build an inclusive product for you. Yeah. And so how can we make sure that we're also doing that and making sure that, you know, I, you oftentimes hear people give the whole uh, invite someone to a dance. Um, I like the example of, you know, we don't want, especially the black community, we don't don't want you to just have a welcome mat for us we want to be invited yeah. but then once we get there make sure that you have you know food and music that we like yeah. mm-hmm. and so it's not enough to just invite right. me and i come in and be like so you didn't even consider me once i got here yeah. and so that's how i think about inclusive products too is that it's not just saying hey you can use this too but saying you know i want you to come here and look i made this for you yeah. i did my research for Person- you personalized yeah very personalized i like that i like that um no that's good and and so going into you mentioned ben the black employee network right so, like, from your perspective, and I think a lot of people can probably learn from this, but what was it like to have to be a part of that and, and kind of help build that um, while also having your other job duties and tasks <laughs> to do? Because I think a lot of people struggle with, like, I want to do more, but I also have a lot on my plate. Um, what was that like for you, figuring out that balance? Yeah, so I I was a part of Ben, I want to say since 2018, I was the networking director. Mm-hmm. And what really spurred that was that I was doing a lot of different things outside of work and I wanted to bring that internally. So I would say it was just figuring out, you know, how do I, it's having that passion. So it's like, that's how I really figured out my balance. So like, if that means I have to work a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, then that's fine. But I want to bring some of the things that I, I was doing with, we had the socialites and people are like, oh, we really like, you know, the different happy hours you guys are doing. And I remember Ravina being like, why don't you do that at Amazon? And I was like, oh, I mean, I could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so seeing the reactions that people had, that really helped motivate me to continue to do more. And so then when I became the the president of Ben, I think it definitely was harder and you have to have those conversations with your manager and sometimes they're not easy. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just, you know, taking that passion and saying, all right, if that means that I'm done with my work at five and I got to stay a little bit longer to do that work, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. And that's really, 
Yeah. Uh, I would say how I found my balance and then eventually becoming more and more comfortable with telling my manager, like, you know, here's the results of what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think it's also showing the results, too, of like, yeah. you know, you may think this is like an after school program, but mm-hmm. no, this is impactful yeah. work that I'm doing. Okay. And then being able to kind of highlight that. And then leaders started sending emails to some of our managers, too, being like, hey, you know, I really appreciate XYZ's work on that. And they're like, oh this work is important yeah and so i think also getting some of your leaders to kind of send some of those emails would be the advice that i would give some people if they're mm-hmm. getting pushed back from your management and just you know you can highlight to them what, how important it is but also get some of you know their manager's manager yeah. tell them that it's important it's yeah. how i've been able to to balance it okay. um especially last year yeah no for sure well, tracking data and evidence is important you got to have proof of what's working everyone yeah. loves data yeah data is like everything no. <laughs> just everywhere it runs the world um no that's that's dope and and i i, I yeah i just asked that because i like i even know um i have i have a friend who was doing that type of work at a company and um it got kind of overwhelming and when the conversation was brought up about making it a paid position because it's it is very important to have those type of resources and those type of um just those type of um you know collective groups in in these companies um they weren't going for it they were like nah we don't see it as something that can be uh we we can spend money on or make it a part of our i guess our budget or operations um do you see that being kind of the future of diversity inclusion where they're gonna actually start paying people to do the job that actually needs to be done yeah, I've started seeing a couple of companies, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think maybe LinkedIn is starting to pay some of their AG leads. And okay. there's a couple of tech companies that are going that route. Um, I, I hope to see that happening more and more. Yeah. I think for, for Ben, especially a lot of the leaders, there's a lot of work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from a budget standpoint, I will say Ben has a pretty good budget. Yeah. Um, so we're able yeah. to do a lot of things that we want to do. Um, it, I think it's been very rare cases where we say, hey, we have this idea and we can't get funding for it. Yeah. So I think the next step will really be, you know, uh, a lot of companies compensating the leaders for, for their time, you know, pay me for my time. Yes. Um, yes. And... I, I think that to me is probably like the big future for yeah. it. Um, and I think a lot of people also confuse the work that AGs or affinity groups or employee resource groups do with um, diversity inclusion program managers. Okay, yeah. What's the difference between, or how would you describe the difference between? Well, so I think, so um, from like, there's people whose job really is to like drive DI initiatives, but mm-hmm. I think the affinity groups, they're just so much closer to the employees. And okay. so their whole thing is like, how can I develop, you know, something like for us and they work with the DR program managers. And so I think there has to be a shift in regards to, you know, the AG should be stakeholders and not having to necessarily program manage it. And I think that also okay. should be the new shift of like, hey, we have this idea, we wrote this paper, here's how it should be done. You guys should lead it, but then come back to us and we can tell you if, you, if you're executing the vision properly. Okay. I think that's also should be the the next step in how those things are managed in the future. Okay, yeah. Because I, I, I always feel like it'd be, it can also be a part of like HR department. I don't know. I feel, like it's, I feel like it's necessary. A lot of the DEI program manager roles are they sit within HR. Okay, they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Well, for anybody out there listening who wants to go into that type of work, you know, there's, there's opportunities. Sure. Yeah, and um, I know you were like a part of a lot of workshops for like product management. Uh, what was that experience like? And like, what does that workshop look like? Yeah, so um, the University of Washington's uh, Product Management Center, they just started, I want to say last year, and so they had their inaugural Inclusive Product Summit in May, and so they asked me if I wanted to be one of the uh, keynote speakers to kick off, and I was very excited. It was like, me? I mean, so the workshop kind of goes over what I just mentioned around, you know, how it's a product manager's job to make sure that we're pushing out the appropriate products into, you know, the community or to your customers, and so... 
the workshop really goes over what is product management, what is your role, and provides some useful um, tips for people to to follow. And yeah. so I did that for University of Washington, and then I'm going to start doing my own. Um, hopefully, mm-hmm. shouldn't do that at the end of this month or beginning of October, and start to just really, you know, help provide people with more resources and how to become better product managers and making sure we're building inclusive products, mm-hmm. um, an inclusive tech future. And so I'm really looking forward to having my first workshop. That's dope. And then. Um People can people can register to sign up for that, right? Yes, you, um, you can register on my website, AngelinaHoward.com. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe to my newsletter, and I will send out um, a link for that. But yeah, it's just really helping people. I get DM'd all the time for people asking me, um, how can I get into product management? Um, I also get a lot of questions around how can I build DEI initiatives. So like, hey, you launched these things at Amazon. How can I also do those things? So definitely starting to expand my services more so I can do things at scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's important. Did you? Can you? Could you have foreseen doing this type of work? Maybe when you like when you were younger, like knowing like yo, like you know sometimes you you be like yo, I was built for this. Like, do you have those moments? You know, I feel like I didn't know it back then, but now that I said, I'm like you know, younger me was like thinking about all these yeah. things, but you know, we never know what to call it or how to piece it yeah. together. But yeah. you start thinking about you know your actions that you took as a younger child. And you're like, yeah. oh, when I did this, I was very caring. I wanted to do all these things, and it's like, oh. Like mm-hmm. I am, you know, what my younger person wanted me to be. And I'm yeah. so, so proud of her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good for us to take a moment and be like, how do we get here? And, and it's like, you know, I've always been this way. I just didn't know how to put mm-hmm. all these pieces yeah. together. Yeah, no, that's real. Yeah, we, yeah. Talk, we talk about that stuff all the time. Yeah. Like it's, nothing's really a coincidence. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you put yourself in position to like, like that's why you're here now. Or like where you're at now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I it think, was written. It was written. Yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I touched on this. Um, I was on a panel recently, and I think about what happened last year with uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a time where I literally was like, I don't know, I can't do this. Yeah. Wanting to just hide. Mm-hmm. And had remembered, like, I'm here for a reason. You know, yeah. God placed me in this place for a reason. Yeah. And really just making sure that we walk in our purpose. So nothing is, nothing's a coincidence. Yeah, you know, everything exactly. has been laid out for us. It's a matter of us stepping into that room when it's time for us to step into that yeah, room. Come on, man. Exactly. Preach, the, preach the gospel. You know what? <laughs> and you're So you were touching on, because um, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I actually did notice that you uh, attended the Summit black magic black girl magic summit at uh was it boss women media um they they put that together right mm-hmm. um and you did touch on it you touched on uh following george Flo- the george floyd murder and 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 then what came after that about being in a leadership role but then showing vulnerability and like understanding like yo it's okay to be vulnerable in, as a leader to know how to come up with the solutions for those right mm-hmm. who, who need help and need assistance so um i guess can you can you kind of touch on what you were able to learn from that experience. I mean, obviously it was tough, you know, but um, being a leader is, is not easy for a lot of people. And so it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes, right? Yeah, it's, it's okay not to be okay and to admit that. And I think uh, Nikki White kind of touched on like, you know, being vulnerable is a new leadership. Mm-hmm. And so I remember during that time, uh, I touched on it at the panel in May. I didn't, I was depressed and I didn't even know I was depressed. This, I think it's before we all started talking about what our mental health space was. Yeah. And I remember one day literally being on a call and getting off the call and like throwing my headset off. And I remember I kicked the shit out of my chair. Mm. And I remember just, I actually had a dent in my dent from it. And mm. I remember just screaming and crying and I didn't know why I felt that way. Mm. I literally had no, I never felt my body just be so out of control. Mm. And so to figure out how do I go back to work after that, mm. 
I remember I actually called one of my mentors. This is why it's also good to make sure you have mentors. Yeah. And I called him and I just <clears throat> cried. Mm-hmm. And he just let me cry. And he's a, a VP at Amazon and he's, and I was like, I'm sorry. And he was like, call me whenever you need to cry. He's like, because we all have to get that out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you crying is fine. Mm-hmm. Because I basically called him and said, I don't know how I'm supposed to come back to work because what they do to black people is not going to stop. Yeah. And I don't know what, how do I yeah. move forward? Because I can't fake it. I can't yeah, fake it. Yeah. And so, you know, and for in this case, it's like this stuff has happened to us often but not so back to back you had the mm-hmm. pandemic then yeah. you had brianna taylor you had george floyd you had my aubrey and i was like oh i can't take this yeah and you want me to come back to work and pretend that things are fine when things are not fine i'm not fine people at amazon's not fine you are not fine yeah and so i really needed him to help me understand how do i move forward and he's like you know you take the time that you need you recognize that you need time and space mm-hmm. And he's like, and you call people like me who, when you need someone to speak life into you, yeah, I will speak life into you. You are a great leader. That's you are right. capable. And whenever you start to doubt yourself, I remind you that you're amazing. Mm. And that to me was a pick me up that I needed because I'm like, I can't do this. He's like, you can do it. He's like, are you always going to be 100%? No. He said, but at the end of the day, who you truly are, he's like, you got it. And yeah. it's fine. He's like, you want to cry? Cry. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And that's what I need. I think to me, that was what the leadership that I learned is that you know, you don't have to always have on a strong face. It's really taking those times to just say, I need a break. Yeah. And when I get done with my break, I'm going to come back and be so much better for you. Yeah. And that's what I needed. That's realistic too. Yeah. You know, it's, I think a lot of times people think that our leaders are not human. And I think that's me. The last year was me realizing that people are human and that we have to extend grace to people no matter what role and level that they are. And I think to me, that was also the biggest lesson that I learned um, last year was just extending grace to people. Yeah, um, I, I I found it very surprising how a lot of people, uh, non-black people, felt that they didn't understand that we were going through the things that we went through. And I was like, how can you live in a world where you didn't realize that we've been suffering for mm-hmm. forever? Yeah. yeah. But um, but I had to take a step back and be like, well, y'all y'all, this is what privilege means that yeah. you're able to live in this space and not realize that I am not yeah. okay. And yeah. I remember talking to someone on my team was like, who's it, Matt Aubrey? And I was like. Yeah. Right. How are you okay? Yeah. There's okay. no awareness at all. Yeah. Like no, no. no. But how can we be mad at them? Understand grace and help them understand. This yeah. are outlets that you need to start wa- reading yeah. and mm-hmm. watching. Yeah. Uh, here's how you can be more uh, conscious of what's going on around you. Here's how you yeah. can show up for me. Yeah. And I think that was the other part of being a leader is talking to other leaders and being like, I don't like that you don't know. Yeah. But how can I help educate you? And if you continue to be ignorant then that's where we have to go figure out what the next steps are. But I can at least extend you grace to this point. Yeah. And that does take a lot to do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and com- I commend you for that because a lot of people in your position, um, sometimes what you want to do, you just don't know how, right? Like people feel like I need to do something. I want to do something. And you're in an environment where you already may feel like, yo, I don't know if I'm going to be supported. Um, you know, I don't want to jeopardize this thing that I got. I got a good thing going. And so I think for you, it shows like, yo, that only makes you more settled into your role right yeah I, I remember getting to a point you know starting to talk to some of our senior leaders more frequently and just becoming more and more i wouldn't say comfortable with speaking my truth and speaking the truth of other employees and joining those conversations and being like if but i have to say offends them and they don't like it then it is what it is yeah. like i i want my job i need my job but i don't need my job to the point where i'm gonna not use the seat 
in position that I'm in. Yeah. So like if you don't, I got to have uncomfortable conversations because other people can't be in this room to have those conversations. That's real. And so it definitely had those moments where I'll get up before a call. I'm like, they may not like it, <laughs> but it's going to be okay. Yeah, they got to hear it. And I told them and yeah, I still have a job and things are fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it's just really, you know, thinking about, now, again, how do I show up for people who cannot be in the space to show up for themselves and I can't be afraid to speak up? And that's, right. that's what I that's what I did. And I and in and, and turn, actually, a lot of leaders is like, I appreciate how honest that you are. And I think I learned that it's not really a matter of what you say. Sometimes it's how you say it. Mm. And so instead of being like, you suck and X, Y and Z, it's yeah. like, here's what's wrong. And here's how we how you can fix it. And here's how I'm going to help you fix it. If you allow yeah. me to help you fix it. Yeah. And so I've also learned, you know, how to just communicate those things in a yeah. in more manageable way, depending on the person that you're talking to. Yeah. No, no, it's not. It's not easy, you know, because you're dealing with a lot of emotions when you're trying to also explain how you feel and also trying to explain, hey, I think this is what a solution could look like. So, um, like you said, you gotta give, you gotta give yourself grace in those moments. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, I remember I was being quoted in an article. Um, I can't remember what outlet it was, and they were, oh, it's an Amazon blog, and they were gonna, they told me they were gonna put me in a quote, and I remember I had a dream the night before um, that someone burned my mom's house down with her in it. And I remember I called my mom and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. I was like, I don't want anyone to try to target you. And she was like, I'm fine. She said, don't you ever let anything scare you from speaking up. Mm-hmm. I think that also is like the motivating factor for me too, is that, you know, I feel like God put me in a place supposed to be in. And my mom was like, listen, if this is what you're supposed to do, it's what you're supposed to do. And mm-hmm. like, don't worry about me. I am fine. You're fine. And don't let anybody scare you from speaking up and saying what you feel like you need that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably at that moment, I just became a little a little less fear. I became fearless. Yeah, it's like, yeah, all right, yeah. you know, let's go. Yeah. My mom's behind me. I'm yeah. good. And that's all. Sometimes people, all people need is just to know, like, yo, who who supports me and who who incur- who wants, who's, uh, can outwardly encourage me, you know? You don't need the whole world to support you to, to be fearless, right? Like, sometimes it just takes that one person. Mm-hmm. And it's a wrap. You can't mm-hmm. be stopped, you know? Yeah, you're like, all right. Yeah. That's real, man. And well, it just feels better, bro. Like, yeah. When just, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, when you just keep it real and you just, like, you get everything out instead of holding stuff in. It's healthy. It's gonna, it is healthy. It just stays up here, and then it's like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not good for you, but nah, when you get good. it out, it's definitely dope. You it's know? good. And I think, I think again, more um, companies and higher-ups at companies will learn to be more receptive to, to people just expressing their troops and understanding, like, yo, I have a job to do, but like you said, we're all human here, so... Let's 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 take everything. Let's let's take everything into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um now um we definitely want to make sure we can um give you a chance to kind of speak to I mean you got a lot going on. It's no <laughs> it's no secret. Like you got a lot going on, right? Uh, I don't know how you balance it all, but I actually I want to do ask that like do you have tips for yourself like on, on how to make sure you're taking time for yourself while being such a boss in what you do? Um, yeah, recently I have started to take, you know, a Friday off each month and have a spa day and just unplug. And so to me, that was like a, this is a truly a me time. And I I want to go, that means I'm getting a massage. That means that I'm just going to just have a full blown, just go get into like a hot tub or something. And that has definitely helped me from a mental health standpoint. Um, and so I would say that's kind of how I balance just like my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, but then. I also block time on my weekends. And mm-hmm. so it's like from 11 to 2, 
this is time for me to work on either my side projects or me to just sleep in. You cannot mm-hmm. schedule time with me mm-hmm. on this time. I'm just not going. <laughs> and so if I have to change that, and so if my friend's like, no, we're having a brunch because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, well then you can't talk to me on Sunday. And so <laughs> yeah. it's really finding that balance and really sticking, holding true to that. And I sometimes I don't hold to it like yeah, I need to, yeah, but yeah. that's really a way that I've been able to kind of do a better job of balancing things in my in my life and also learning, you know, to say no, figure yeah. out, you know, is this something that's going to help you and me or is this something that you're just pulling from me? Mm. And if you're pulling it from me, what for what? Mm-hmm. Is it just for you or are you making sure there's something that's going to be more impactful? So yeah. I think it's also now me being more intentional in the things that I'm doing in this mm. space that I'm entering myself into because not all spaces are healthy for you either. Mm, that's true. And so it's just really, you know, taking care of my own mental yeah, space, making yeah. sure I still show up for people, but also... By me showing up for you, how are you showing up for others? Or mm-hmm. by me showing up for you, is that detrimental to me? Mm-hmm. And I think those are things that we all have to learn to be a little bit more selfish, especially as we get older. Mm, that's real. Got to know. Or as we grow, not as we get older, as we grow. As we get better. As we get better. As the price goes up. As the price, as the goes, price up. goes up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for sure. I just, I just ask that because I, I, you know, a lot of people who listen to the show and watch the show, um, you know, they're, they're hustlers, they're grinders, you know, in their own right. So, but I, it is important to put that out there, like, you know, the whole mantra, like, no days off. Yeah. days like, off yeah right you gotta you gotta have a balance and you gotta take care of yourself along the way because yeah. it's about the marathon right it's yes, a marathon sir. not a sprint mm-hmm. um now yeah but we do want to touch on some of the things you got coming um down the line you wanted to touch on uh we were talking about spectrum spectrum, spectrum 31. 31 yeah so spectrum 31 is something that uh, one of my close friends uh, Ravina Balashia uh, we started working on it actually right before the pandemic and it started off as an idea of like oh we need a black and tech apparel line because you know we only put these shirts together during like afro tech and we need something that really speaks to who we are but then it really kind of to spur into you know how can we especially um during the pandemic and you started getting people asking black people to sit on panels to talk about what it feels like to be black in tech and mm-hmm. i'm like that's great but you know we work in, in tech because we have actual skills and expertise so it'd be great if you asked me to talk about that yeah. And so we really started figuring out how can we develop a platform that from on one aspect, you know, does have a black and tech apparel thing that, you know, it's for us, by us to really highlight, you know, black techies, because I do think they were pretty swaggy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the side of how do we really provide a platform for, you know, black people in tech to really talk about who they are and what their experiences are and how they shape the type of product managers, engineers, accountants mm. that we are. Mm-hmm. Because working in tech also isn't just being a software development manager yeah. either. Yeah. And so that was really the the vision for it. It's just how do we, you know, I think the best example that Ravina and I give is that we're both product managers. Uh, we're both black. Mm-hmm. And we have different experiences in our lives. Mm. I grew up in, you know, Colorado. I grew up in a, um, you know, middle class family. Family, Ravina blew up in Southside Chicago. Mm-hmm, yeah. So the way that she approaches problems is completely different than me. But mm-hmm. on paper, we look like the exact same person. That's She's real. a president of Ben. I was a president of Ben. That's real. But we're different people. So mm-hmm. how can we highlight these differences, but also share how they shape the type of PMs or engineers, accountants that we are? And that's really the purpose of Spectrum 31 is that, you know, we have unique experiences. We all have a creative expression. So how do we highlight that beyond just Oh, can you tell me what it feels like to be black and tech? Yeah, yeah. no, that's real, man. We gotta, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta break through all that, you yeah, know, the surface and, and get to what's real and what's unique about everybody. I like that. Yeah, so we're. Uh, I was shooting to launch it uh, this month, but you know, when you launch something, it's like my baby, and oh, so yeah. I was getting close to launching it, and I was like, 
I don't I don't love what I see. And yeah. so I'm like, and nothing's ever gonna be perfect. Yeah. But I need to I need to love it. If I don't love it and I push it, how can I expect other people to love it? Yeah. So I'm shooting for October, turn thirty next month. Come so I'm like, on, all right, come on, thirtieth birthday thing to, yeah, it's to all others. Aligning. Everything always it's works all out. Aligning. Everything works out as it's supposed to. So it's, it's all in, it's, it's all in alignment. It's coming. Yes. For those listening. It's coming soon. Yeah. It's coming soon. I'm excited for that though. That's 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 a very innovative approach to creating something for people who work in tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think our we have unique stories. The way we do things is completely different than others, and we have a story to tell. And people just don't tend to tap into our stories, so oh, we mm-hmm. have to tell our own stories. Yeah, yeah. not for sure, and man. I like how you brought up. Um, well, I'm gonna just talk about patience and like starting something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people want to start something and then just like go and just go mm-hmm. and just go, and then mm-hmm. sometimes you got to take a step back and be like, uh, time might not be right, or I got to do this, I got to refine this, so. Can you talk about how important patience is? I think patience is truly key. I think sometimes there's this speed to market or like, all right, well, I'm hot right now, so I got to take advantage of that. But I think it's really taking the time to make sure that not that something isn't perfect, but you need to love it. It's something that as a PM, we call it our minimal lovable product. Mm -hmm. Is this my MLP right now? Is this what I can, you know, push out and make sure that it's for people to love? And I'm not just pushing out because people may like me and they just come buy it. And so I think having that patience and making sure that you're doing things on the right time Mm -hmm. is truly key. And I think by doing that, you know, your community will thank you for it. Yeah. I mean, you'll thank yourself for it because you'll feel good about it. That's real. Yeah. That's real. I love that. Man, I'm dropping gems out here, man. For real. <laughs> it's like a jewelry store. And that's actually, and that's, that's our team motto, if you, if you didn't know. Um, is set your pace, don't react to the race. And so we're really big on that. Like, really just, you know, move at your own pace. Move at what feels comfortable, what feels right, and, and then make decisions and execute right. Yeah, I think it's like, I think you have to find that balance between patience, but being like, it's not perfect. No, I can't yeah. do it. So it's like, you got to have confidence and patience yeah, um, yeah. at the same time. Now I'm learning that too. I, I, I've been learning the, the, the difference between urgency and patience. Mm-hmm. Or being impatient and being un, being urgent. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a difference between that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think, oh, I'm being urgent. Like, nah, you're just impatient. Nah, yeah. you, I can tell you blew yeah. through that. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> That's like you rather measure twice and, and cut once, you know? Yeah, I mean? mm-hmm. so, yeah, I love that. I yeah. love that. Um, well, for all that you're doing and, and have coming forward, um, where can people reach out to you and connect with you? Obviously, the, the website, right? Yes, uh, you can connect with me on my website, AngelinaHoward.com, um, and also on Instagram, so AngelinaHoward.x. People ask me what the X stands for, and it's because I just do a, a range of things. So I'm like, X can be product management, DEI, mm. teacher, hey. workshop, <laughs> instructor. So that's the X. I love it. I love it. Let them know, man. For real. That's actually, that's a good username. I've seen some crazy usernames out here, so. <laughs> Ooh, I have too. <laughs> Especially when people are like, um at work and they're like oh yeah can you like put my hand on i'm like you no i i cannot no, i'm not gonna do that <laughs> you can go ahead and put it in the comments if you want to <laughs> nah, that's real we'll make sure we'll make sure i mean people are definitely gonna tap in and connect we love to make sure that uh, you know we call them family members right yeah. so we want to make sure our, our listeners and audience members um they will be reaching out i'm pretty sure um i'm happy to be a part of the family yes hey. come on you know how it goes <laughs> I, and then um so before we get you out of here though we always ask every guest this question um, so if you can, what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up and why? So I actually do a word every year mm. and I would say my word this year is joy. Mm. And why? It's just I want to find joy in all things that I'm doing. Um, and so 
I think that's the kitchen up and up. What can I find that continues to make me feel happy and feel joyous? Mm-hmm. Last year was such a rough time. And so um, I, and where last year was invest. This year is truly just joy. Mm. Everything I do with it, I'm going to do it with intention and joy. Mm. Yeah. I, I love that. A new word, a new word every too. year. Yeah, joy. Yeah. I don't think we've gotten joy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I feel good yeah. now. I feel good. <laughs> good vibes. Good vibes. I love that. Um, well, yeah, Angelina, like we said, uh, we definitely wish you much, much success moving forward with all that you're doing mm-hmm. um, you. and currently doing and will continue to do. And, um, you know, you got support with us here at the Up and Up Always. for Always. Sure. Always. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm a par- happy to be a part of the family yes. and being to come into the studio. Come on. Hey. You know how it goes. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, I think it's safe to say Angelina Howard is officially a member of the Up and Up. Can we get a round of applause? Sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap. We good. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this is DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the up and up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire up and up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the up and up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the up and up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, keep it on the up and up. <laughs>